Welcome to the meat of our Dwayne Johnson sandwich. Last week, we discussed the rivalry that spurred the genesis of The Rock as a character, and this week, we're going to revisit the rivalry that established him as a true main event player. Yes, Rock is face to mask once again with Mankind, a.k.a. Mick Foley, a.k.a. the man who ended his first world championship reign in a charming, Rocky-esque fashion back in episode 14, Hope for Mankind. Their chemistry was so good, in fact, that the rematch was chosen to take place on a shockingly grand stage, the halftime of the Super Bowl. With an enormous audience watching at home, both men chose to show off not their capacity for brutality, but for slapstick comedy. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's Ages of Rock, Part 2, Halftime Heat. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to be back. I'm excited you're back too. This is <laughs> There seems to be a sort of delayed feedback where I'm barking at myself. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Don't blame me for that. All right, I think we're good. Maybe. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be an adventure. Yeah. If it's not an adventure, it's not worth doing, right? That's very true. So, uh, anyway, Katie, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Full disclosure to the listeners, um, you are ailing slightly. A little bit. And I'm hoping it makes me sound gritty mm. and not sick. And I have just woken up <laughs> <laughs> because of the time difference between um, my states and your kingdom. United may they both be. <laughs> the to be fair, it's, it's half one here and I think usually I would have just been like crawling out of bed. So. <laughs> Normally, 8.30 would be a late Saturday for me, but I happened to be out late last night, so here we are, a-rolling the dice. Here we are. And um, we are also here recording uh, Parentsly Close to Christmas, which is very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, and I do, this is just a goofball impulse that I have. Um, what percentages of Christmases in the UK would you say are happy as opposed to merry? Wait, say again, sorry. I say, what percentages of Christmases in the UK are happy as opposed to merry? 75%. Seventy-five, twenty-five, in favor of happy. Yeah, I'd say so. So, is the merry thing like uh, an old-fashioned thing that sort of got replaced, or is it more of a an American import that stuck? Uh, 
would you guess? Um, I mean, mostly in England, if we're describing something as merry, it's usually because it's drunk. Sure. That's how we use that now. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it only comes out at Christmas. Sure, and that's the same thing here. That literally nothing else is merry. Yeah, Out, outside of Tolkien's Legendarium, nothing else is merry. And I feel like we should bring it back. Yeah, all things could be merry. Sure, it's. Uh, I think it's a more reasonable expectation than like happiness, which is sort of very permanent. That's true. You know, you could wish someone a joyous Christmas or a. Uh, Carefree Christmas. A carefree Christmas. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to start writing that instead of Mary. <laughs> I was just... It's just... It, I don't know. It's the only time anyone ever uses the word Mary. And I know that, that you all don't generally attach it to Christmas. And I just wanted to get to the bottom of this mystery. God damn it. I know. I think I think we should we should bring Mary back in a big way. We should bring Mary back for everything that isn't Christmas, but then Christmas should be carefree Christmas. <laughs> That's how we should do things in 2019. That's it's right. Big 2019 moves. Yes. <laughs> I work in an industry with a lot of uh, middle-aged and and older white men. Me too, I feel that. And there's this big sentiment where they're like, oh, well now you're not allowed to say Merry Christmas. You have to say Happy Holidays. And I'm like, can you please show me the list of people who've been arrested for saying Merry Christmas? (laughs) Can you show me the names of the people who've been, you know, Dragged into the street by the Happy Holidays stormtroopers because I reason, I don't know if you're getting this in America, but for some reason in England, the big thing is um, middle-aged, middle-class white men being like, "Oh, the trans people want us to have gender-neutral ginger people," and it's like literally nobody has ever said that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The the there was a big thing. Uh, of this article was should Santa be gender neutral? And the answer, of course, is n- literally no person on earth is suggesting this. <laughs> well, maybe two people are, but I guarantee no one on either side wants to hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> they're, just, yeah. they're just the most tedious person. <laughs> I, spend, I spend so much time yelling at my coworkers about straw men and how they're so bad at recognizing them (laughs) (laughs) at least you're trying at least i'm trying and i should probably stop it's it's maybe not great for my long-term survival i don't know if it makes for a carefree christmas no no but (laughs) but at the same time christmas is a time that we should care right yeah maybe hmm. a careful christmas a careful christmas Sounds no. ominous. <laughs> Watch yourself this Christmas. <laughs> well, you know who does care about Christmas? Who? 
Who cares about Christmas? And who is simultaneously not careful with his physical safety. <laughs> it's Mick Foley! Yay! <laughs> and also, and also his, his friend, and yours, and mine, and the friend of every living, breathing human being on the face of the earth, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Who, uh, at, at the time that we were visiting him, was only known as The Rock. We have covered Mick and The Rock, or The, the Rock and The Sock, previously. Well, we have. We delved into it a little bit. And last time, we covered Mick's first world championship win, when he sort of achieved his dream that people told him he wouldn't achieve by fighting The Rock until Stone Cold Steve Austin came down to the ring and sort of hit everyone present with a steel chair <laughs> and allowed justice to sort of congeal, set like a jello. They had four matches in a fairly short period of time. That was the first one. The second one that they had is the one that was featured in the homework that I sent you. Mm-hmm. Now, that was excellent homework, by the way. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, how would you describe what is happening to Mr. Michael Foley in that video? Um, basically, he gets the shit kicked out of him by props, and then he gets the shit kicked out of him by The Rock. Um, although, at one point, he does knee The Rock in the crotch, which I'd like to just keep replaying, because it was excellent. Um... <laughs> And basically, he just beats him up so hard that he gets mankind to say that he's going to quit. So, what actually happened there was some subterfuge. What he does is he handcuffs mankind and then follows him around the ring, beating him in the head with that chair as he, like, staggers away, unable to defend himself. It's kind of brutal. It's very brutal. Because there's, like, no way for him to get his hands up to protect himself. At one point, there's just blood pouring down his forehead. Yeah, 13 unprotected chair shots to the dome. And after all of that, Mankind does not actually say that he quits. The Rock uses a concealed tape recorder. Oh, I remember you talking about this. (laughs) Yes, so that was that. So despite the most heinous beating probably ever inflicted upon a human being who did not sue or press charges afterward... The Rock still has to skirt the rules of the match to defeat his rival. That match, with its sort of thoughtless application of real painful destruction on a human body for entertainment, is probably the better match between that uh, between the two middle matches, between that one and the one we're about to watch today. Okay. But I feel like this one is maybe most enjoyable as a commentary on the first because this one sort of interrogates the idea of what pro wrestling violence means and whether it's necessary that level of brutality is necessary to make an entertaining product to tell an entertaining story an excellent question yeah so if the first one is semi-attempted murder yeah. This one is more slapstick, and it's it's one of the one of the funniest matches that I recall ever seeing. I do love a slapstick match. Yeah, and it's uh you know one of one of my goals on this show is to show all the things that wrestling can be, and too often I think comedy in wrestling is like two guys saying, "Why don't you lick my balls?" and then they fight. 
that's a good description. So uh, The Rock was especially good at that. Yeah. But I think these two guys do have a great sense of comic timing. They do have a lot of chemistry together. And I think that combined with the fact that Mick Foley did suffer like some horrifying concussions in that, that match with the steel chairs maybe necessitated they take a step back and sort of take a different approach to how they were gonna uh, how they were gonna work the rematch. I think ultimately it's a stronger match for it. This makes me excited to watch it. I'm looking forward to this. Me too. Did you have any other uh, any other thoughts about the homework? You know, I, I particularly enjoyed when um, when mankind got thrown into the electrical equipment. And it exploded. <laughs> and it exploded. <laughs> Yes, because that seems like a thing that shouldn't happen, right? Yeah, definitely. Because it seems like, you know, I get that it's a wrestling show and there's like pyrotechnics and, you know, flashing lights and what all, but there are people whose job it is to work with the pyrotechnics and flashing lights, and I feel like if they were to bump over into their workstation, they shouldn't die. Excellent point. I did also, possibly related, I did also enjoy that the, um... The commentators are all like, "Oh my God! Oh, he's gonna kill him!" And like nobody does anything about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> if only, if only we could step in. Although, <laughs> as we all know, stop this madness. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's the rock. He's retrieved a a, a fox hunting rifle. Uh, wrestling. <laughs> well, Katie, as as you may or may not know, if you into if you stop a wrestling match, the State Athletic Commission will kill you. <laughs> Alright, that makes sense. <laughs> There's... <laughs> I mean, if you've never heard the expression, the show must go on, it's a very literal expression. <laughs> fair. That's fair enough, the, I guess. The old gods must be appeased somehow. <laughs> Before we get started with the match, any other thoughts about The Rock, about Mick Foley, about slapstick, about horrific violence, about Christmas... Um, a weird thought I had, and possibly like a guilty admission. Sure. I watched the remake of Jumanji the yeah. other day, uh-huh. which has The Rock in it, uh-huh. and he's like really good in it. <laughs> I know. And I found myself being like a little bit surprised that he was so like, really good in it. And I guess you kind of, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't generalize. I've kind of forgotten that he's just quite good <laughs> yeah he's he's very charming yeah anytime he's on any sort of uh interview show or panel show or whatever and he's just sort of there being himself you're like okay sure yep all right yeah i get it <laughs> and you almost yeah. you almost forgive him for hitting mick foley in the head with a hunk of steel unprotected 13 times with his children watching in the front row. Almost. I guess what had happened was in that match, Foley told him like, yeah, once, uh, once my arms are cuffed, hit me, uh, hit me a couple times and don't be, don't be scared. Make it look good. And the rock was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, so when I'd be like, Oh God, no, I don't know if I can. Right. But that was obviously never Mick Foley's attitude about anything. Mr. Fall off the, the steel cage and into the into the pyrotechnics and etc. This goes to show you 
the value of specificity in conversation and communication. Sure. Because when Mick says to Rock, don't be scared, I can take it, give me a couple of good ones. <laughs> he was maybe thinking two, three, maybe four. Yeah. And the Rock was like, okay, 13. Yeah. I mean, going back to being a therapist here, but I'm thinking a lot about, like, informed consent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You should probably make these things clear. You're right. Yeah, because, I mean, there's a certain amount of improvisation, a certain amount of crowd work, you know. Oh, this is what I, I could feel, this is what the crowd was looking for in that moment, but... Like, maybe don't do that if someone could die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that seems fair. Good, just a good rule of thumb. Although, The Rock also just loves swinging those chairs at manslaughter speeds. I mean, listeners will remember in last week's episode, Ages of Rock Part 1, where he hits Mr. Ken Shamrock so hard in the head with a chair that I think he just turns his brain into tomato sauce. Ouch. Ken... Oh, he gets creamed. It's, it's really, wow. it's grotesque. I've always kind of dreamed of the experience of being, like, given the chair, but I don't think I'd want The Rock to do it. No, you don't want The Rock to do it. <laughs> you don't <laughs> I feel like maybe Mick would be, would be a better choice. He's also relatively frail now. He probably wouldn't... I mean, I'm not sure that Mick can lift his arms above his above his head now, so that would be an ideal person, probably. Yeah, that's good for me. You know who who actually always had a really sad chair shot? Who? Hulk Hogan. Huh. Hulk Hogan would grip one side of the middle of each chair, not the legs, mm-hmm. and then just sort of gently push it into you. See, I could, I could handle that. That's what I want. I want Hulk Hogan to hit me very gently with a steel chair. <laughs> That's what I want for Christmas. <laughs> We're really creating all kinds of Christmas lore here. I wish you a carefree Christmas. And there's... The hot new Christmas Carol of 2019. I want Hulk Hogan to hit me very gently with a steel chair. I guess it fits with the careful Christmas theme. Yeah. <laughs> Be hit carefully by the chat. Oh, do we think we're uh, we're just about ready to to watch this match? No, I'm definitely ready. By the way, everybody, this is the empty arena match, uh, also known as halftime heat. But yeah, if you want to go ahead and, and watch along, sure. It's uh, The Rock vs. Mankind in an empty arena match. Uh, it took place during the halftime of the Super Bowl in... Uh, I'm not sure which number it is because I do not care about football. Which, uh, I realize that means a different thing in the UK. And what I'm talking about is, I think, what you actually call helmet kick. What? Helmet what? Helmet kick? Helmet kick? <laughs> I'm not sure that's a thing that exists. <laughs> no, but it's it's a better description than football. Um, my ex used to tell people that they have basketball in the UK, but it's called Hoop the Net. That's absolutely 
Have you ever seen that meme that's like what they call things in the UK? And one of them is like a balloon and it's like Beely Wheely rise to the ceiling. Yeah, that's it. I think Her Majesty's sugar barnet is candy floss. Is that what you call it? Candy floss? Uh, cotton candy. Cotton, cotton candy, yes. Just, if you, you should just, anything that the internet says about England, please just, that is absolutely true. All of it's true. It's a magical land. Yeah. <laughs> I had, uh, I had a, we, we're going to start this match briefly, but I just want to tell this story. When I worked at Lowe's, which I, I'm almost positive you don't have there in the UK. I get the feeling it's like being q which you probably also don't have? No. No. It's a home improvement superstore. Sure. One of my managers there, one years and years and years and years and years ago, identified as British. He was from... I don't like where this is going. No. <laughs> he was not... To be clear, he was not from the United States. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was from Antigua. Okay. So he may have actually had British citizenship. Yeah, that feels better somehow. But um, he's a little further <laughs> removed from colony status, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he was from uh, Antigua. He had no accent. You would never pick him out of a lineup as somebody who was uh, not a Native American. And when I say Native American, I do not mean... <laughs> A person of Native American extraction. I mean, you would not peg him as somebody who did not spend his entire life in the United States. Right. But occasionally, he would say something, vocabulary-wise, that would throw me for a loop. And I would forget, because he did not sound un-American. And one time, he brought a customer to me, and he goes, Matt, will you show this man where the torches are? (laughs) This is something I love. And then he just walked away. The person who asked him for flashlights and I both looked at each other in utter confusion as he walked away. And I really enjoy talking about flashlights and understanding that you're picturing like being in a dark cave with some fire. I enjoy that very much. <laughs> yes, it's very Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> You could do a version of Frankenstein, and you could say, oh, the villagers came with torches and pitchforks, and it could take place today. That's very true. <laughs> that would work. There's nothing about, I just love the idea that there's nothing about torches that sound antique at all. Did you find him his torch? Yes, we have a whole, we had a whole display of torches. Excellent. I, I went down to the lumber department, and I made him one. <laughs> I, I, I got him a piece of a piece of wood and then I took him down to the paint department and I got some mineral spirits Excellent. and wrapped a rag in it and I really wish that that's what we were all doing <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone who's disappointed <laughs> I'm picturing I'm picturing like a torch like with a button oh that would be amazing like a flaming stick with a button that you can just click and turn off we should have 
would be, that would be the best thing. That's my other Christmas wish. And also, like, I'm picturing an episode of the X-Files now, like, anything with a lot of flashlights in it. The X-Files, where they're just walking through an abandoned government facility holding flaming sticks. I didn't think X-Files could get better, mm-hmm. but that would make X-Files better. <laughs> so that would do it. Now, I always like this this thing in cop shows. You may be less familiar with this because I don't think maybe cop shows in in the UK are quite so gun heavy. Probably not. And it wouldn't really make sense to do this with a truncheon, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say anyway. In American cop shows, when they you know kick down a door into like a dark building, the, there will be the thing where they cross their hands. The hand the hand on top has the gun, mm-hmm. and the hand below it, like forming a cross has the flashlight. Sure. And they move their hands together so that whatever they're pointing their gun at is illuminated. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Right. So I'm picturing doing this but with a burning stick in your lower hand and constantly lighting your sleeve on fire. <laughs> but if you ran out of bullets, you could just throw it. Yes. <laughs> or, or use your truncheon. There's a Sherlock Holmes exhibit at the Liberty Science Center, which is the science museum that is in my home city. That was pretty cool. And, yeah, it was pretty cool. And they had the list of requirements for employment by the Metropolitan Police Mm -hmm. in, like, 1892. (laughs) I'm guessing I'm not filling any of these requirements. I just missed... I just missed eligibility because I'm too old. Oh. You had to be between 21 and 27. Oh, I just missed out. I mean, yeah. aside from the other problems that this is <laughs> <laughs> It was like, you had to be between 21 and 27. You had to be able to read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you had to be able to, you had to have fairly good spelling. <laughs> you had to have, <laughs> you had to have, how do they put it? No debilitating physical maladies. And then they gave three examples, one of which was narrowness of the chest. Wow. <laughs> which I guess is a, a fairly Victorian, uh, a fairly common Victorian problem. Yeah, I'd say so. 30% of the population wears glasses, and another 30% has narrow chest. <laughs> what was the other one? Um, you had to be able to read, no narrow chest. Oh, and you had to be taller than 5'9". So, like, I'm significantly taller than 5'9", mm. and I don't have a narrow chest, and I actually have a college degree, so I feel like maybe I could convince them to, like, let me in anyway, even though I'm 30? I think you could. I think you could do it. I'm significantly shorter than 5'9", so I'm out. I mean, aside from the fact that, like, I'm a woman and they'd probably, like, cast me out into the street if I asked Yes, I, I that, that that was the number one requirement. You had to be a young man. Damn it! So I could I could always say that I'm a year younger, wear stilts, and find a fake beard. <laughs> now all you've got to do is build a time machine. And you'll be incompetently solving crimes in no time. Hooray! 
because the timber of much of the uh, of much of the exhibit was how dumb the Metropolitan Police were and how much help they needed from Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, that's true. Like, here's what Inspector Lestrade thought happened, and then it's like, Inspector Lestrade is a fucking moron. He's <laughs> a gibbering like, fool. Um, there's um, a board game, and I'm trying to remember what it's called. It might just be called like Sherlock, where you have to um, like solve the crime before Sherlock Holmes does. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, like, a couple of times I've been doing it with my friends, and we've been like, yes, we've totally nailed this. And then it's like, Sherlock Holmes solved this in two steps because of the type of pencil that was left at the scene, and you are wrong. And then it's like, oh, right. <laughs> Fair, I guess. Well, at least you're not addicted to cocaine. That's very true. <laughs> the small things. Yeah. Just a quality of life thing, you know? Just you're not constantly stepping over used needles, so that's a plus. Yeah, that, that makes me feel better, thank you. Okay, now that we've wandered so far afield that we're actually in the forest, uh, are, are you ready to watch the empty arena match? I'm ready, I'm ready for this. Alright, so we're opening with, uh, with Nick Foley in the ring. And if you're wondering why he has a huge bandage on his head, it's because he was horribly concussed like several days before this. The scary mask is back. The scary mask is back and he's... Like, I thought that was actually his skin for a second underneath the mask. Just like a giant cantaloupe head. So, so here we have The Rock and, uh, and Vince McMahon walking down the ramp with that, that hard-won championship. It's so weird to see the arena without any people in it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Kind of eerie. I was just thinking it's, it's also not great that when, when Mankind was in the ring, he was watching, like, a video, um kind of over the entrance of just himself being beaten up a whole bunch. Right. But when the rock came out, it was like, yeah, the rock, and, like, pictures of him doing awesome things. It's not <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, yeah, the rock is clearly the favorite son here, you know? <laughs> so, I, I just love the fact, the idea that there has to be a referee here. <laughs> As if there's any legitimacy at all. really there was no preamble to this they just started just punching each other in the face yeah well that's what happens when you know somebody attemptedly murders you yeah 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 oh uh there's mankind going for the uh the double arm ddt one of his finishing moves and the rock manages to escape i did want to point out that uh mankind is wearing a tie with his own face on it which is kind of a rarity yeah, Mr. Socko. Mr. Socko! Yes. And Rock manages to block it. It's the block and sock connection. <laughs> and, and and he rolls he rolls out to safety. Ooh, look at 
look at the athleticism on that dropkick. He's really going for it. I'm proud of him. Yep. And uh, here we go. Uh, another pin attempt, and the Rock manages to escape. I am enjoying the, the tie with his face on it. Yeah. I wanted to point out also the absurdity of The Rock doing his full ring entrance. Like, strutting down to the ring and looking to the sides where there are no people. That's where, that's where I think... And here's Vince McMahon, uh, The Rock's, I guess, uh, benefactor slash mentor slash manager. Also doing commentary. <laughs> There are also some people just kind of cowering on the floor, I guess. Yeah, camera crew, I guess. <laughs> also, I don't know if you, if we, if we saw him yet, but in my notes I have written, uh, ring announcer Harold, uh, ring announcer Howard Finkel is here in a tuxedo, dressed to impress. So, uh, we've been seeing, oh, a kick to the head of Mick Foley, but I was going to say, we've seen in Mick Foley's offense a lot of head and neck offense, maybe trying to soften the rock up for another one of those DDTs. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so Mick has now been hurled into a sea of folding chairs. And The Rock is casually flinging them on his body. <laughs> he's just sort of uh, throwing them in like little overhand tosses like he's playing hoop the net. Oh, that's just me. Oh, <laughs> uh, and here we have... <laughs> and that... So now he's put him in a pile of chairs and is now hitting the pile of chairs with another chair. Maybe he went to get the special chair for it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and here, uh, Vince has put The Rock on commentary to allow The Rock to give his thoughts to the people at home. But in the background, <laughs> Mick Foley... <laughs> Mick Foley <laughs> rises from his grave to shove Mr. Sacco right down the rock's throat. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> and now they're just sort of wandering off. Oh. And the rock I manages. I say this is just like watching my nieces fight, except then Big Pony got kicked in the crotch. Yeah, you don't want... Which was... still happens when my nieces fight, but... I was going to say... The State Athletic Commission has the power to, to kill a man over stopping a fight, but I feel like if if your nieces start kicking each other in the crotch, you can probably step in with no consequence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, at least I can kind of pick them up and carry them away. I wouldn't want to do that with me controlling. Right. <laughs> so this sequence here where they're climbing the stairs is actually surprisingly well shot, I feel. There's a lot of butt action happening right there's now. There's a lot of butt action. <laughs> but, like, they do a good job of 
like this part here where the rock climbs ahead and we see behind him to Mick Foley. It's almost like a weird film noir shot. You'll yeah. you'll, you'll see it when it comes up. So Rock sort of ascending the stairs. See, this is surprisingly beautiful. Like, here we go. This shot of the Rock staggering up the stairs with Mick in the background. It's like... Yeah, everything's in black and white. <laughs> yeah, it's something out of, like something out of double indemnity. Where do they think they're going? <laughs> well, they can go anywhere in the arena. So Mick slow. So, yes, he's crouching... <laughs> Lying in wait to ambush Mick with a garbage can. <laughs> oh no! Oh poor Mick. I love I love the visual of the Rock squatting there, just out of view. His face over a rubbish bin. <laughs> oh. And Mick gro- rolling down the stairs and legitimately catching his face on one of them. <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> also, I don't know if you caught what was in the... Oh, I, I think we're about to see it here. What's in this garbage can? It's like styrofoam packing peanuts and lightly crumpled copy paper. Nice. <laughs> you know they were throwing that out. <laughs> there are Why are there so many stairs? Yeah, this is like a pyramid or something. Why are there so <laughs> So here we have Shane McMahon and Kevin Kelly, I guess, back Oh, we're getting a replay. <laughs> we're getting a replay of the uh, the garbage can bonk. Notice the weird framed photo of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the background. I did not notice that. Behind the merchandise table. Oh, excellent. And here... Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, and we, now we rejoin the, the battle... Uh, here in the kitchens. Oh, ow. <laughs> Where the Mick Foley has been th- <laughs> has been thrown into a candy floss tree? That's a lot of Her Majesty's sugar burner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ow. Oh, and there's Mr. Oh, Mr. Sacco. Oh, I don't like this. This feels like... Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> the Rock has disposed of Mr. Sacco in an oven. Which we're apparently supposed to believe is on. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like the worst violation that we've seen. Yeah, the worst sort of health code violation. <laughs> By the way, Mick Foley has now lost a shoe at some point in the proceedings. 
Oh, and... <laughs> it's with a loaf of bread. Oh, that's low. You can't hit a man with a loaf of bread. <laughs> and there's only nine minutes until the second half of the Super Bowl begins. <laughs> and here's... Not sure what Rock's got here. This is, I guess, perhaps... Ah, I think <laughs> that was some whiskey. Yes, it was, in fact. Uh, <laughs> well, for a second, I thought that was like um, a big tray of like cream pies and he was going to get like pied in the face, and now I'm disappointed. Oh, oh but... <laughs> well, here's a giant bag of popcorn. Does that help? <laughs> the referee slipping on the popcorn. Do you think there were people who were paid to sit down? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Here they are. What ridiculous things can we just put around? Yep. Yeah, so that here, men can hit themselves with. They've we've spilled into. So this is an empty arena. There is no event going on. Who are these people, and what are they doing here? <laughs> this is clearly like. A catering catering for an event of some kind but they these people all look like they work at this arena is this the break room maybe they've all just snuck in maybe. is that a wedding day <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so now at this point as they fight their way down this <laughs> the rock has just been hit with a tray of meat and the mcfoley's been hit with marinara sauce Yep, and now The Rock is pelting him with rolls. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Did he just eat a roll off the floor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my question here is, as these people, oh, Mick attempting an actual wrestling move, but gets thrown across the table instead. What? All these people just sort of politely watching. What is the event that those people are attending? What? There's a there's a wedding cake. There's like cold cuts. There's pasta sauce. There's this giant castle thing, like a fiberglass castle, and now a gourd. The rock. The rock is hitting. Mick Foley with decorative gourds in <laughs> in January? Apparently. There's a lot of people getting hit in the crotch in this Yes. Match. I hear a pin, one, two, and the rock gets out. I don't know about the UK, but in the US, decorative gourds are pretty much a November, October thing. Yeah, same. So what is this event? <laughs> I also, they're all just kind of milling around <laughs> Yeah, all of these people are just sort of watching mm-hmm. as The Rock and Bullier beating each other to death. Perhaps, you know, they have, you would imagine if they work here at this arena, The Rock pouring half of a Pepsi on Mick Foley. You would imagine if they're working at the arena, they maybe got like a little email from their boss. Like, hey, 
just so you know, <laughs> here's the thing that might happen on Sunday. So otherwise, it's kind of just like that scene in Borat. Yes. Where like, just naked and just beating on each other and all the hotel guests are just kind of there. Yes. <laughs> so now the battle has spilled into, I guess this is like the executive suite? It looks like there's a very 90s computer. Yes. <laughs> the Rock's stopping to take a phone call. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure from whom. <laughs> well. The Rock, of course, having to antagonize the referee. And look at these poor people in this room. Oh, The Rock making another phone call now. Who is he calling? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Taking a break from his phone call to strangle Mick Foley with the phone cord. Oh. Oh, Mick. And now, of course, The Rock taking time out of his busy schedule to seduce this office worker, I guess? Nope. <laughs> oh, God. All of this is happening while mankind is just covered in food. Yeah, covered in tomato paste, yes. <laughs> the Rock has also been covered in a lot of food, but I guess, you know, Mick decided to wear white, so... Yeah, that maybe wasn't a good color for this. <laughs> so now we're being dragged. I'm very interested in the geography of this arena, by the way. Yeah, me too. I was just thinking that. We haven't seen, like, that was the first hallway we've seen. And now they're spilling out <laughs> into the loading docks. Yes. It's very uh, The Matrix, right? <laughs> yeah, I can see it. <laughs> and like, at this point, the quote-unquote wrestling has devolved to one of them punching the other one, the other one staggering ten feet away, and then returning to punch the other one. <laughs> Now, Mick has grabbed his remaining sock from when his foot, his uh, boot fell off, and now has a backup socko. I love this guy just sitting here calmly in the forklift. Why? Why is he in the forklift? I don't know. With the, with the forks like 12 feet in the air. Now, speaking as a former forklift operator, you can't do that. If you're not in motion, the forks have to be on the ground. Yeah, I mean, that. oh, there's, there's stuff in it, and he's just... Yeah, kegs of beer. And now Mick goes to the forklift operator and asks him to move, which he does. <laughs> And 
Here we go. Mick lowers the mask. <laughs> and he's trapped the rock beneath a pallet of kegs of beer. One, two, three. And that apparently counts as a pin. Yeah, that, that'll do. <laughs> and Mick Foley is your new WWE champion. dangling the belt two inches in front of the rock's face who can do nothing because he's trapped beneath a forklift he's saying some very bad words under there yes so that was the empty arena match I got to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what are your, Katie, what are your thoughts about the empty arena match? Just, just two professional grown men flailing <laughs> on the floor covered in spaghetti sauce. <laughs> it was magical. <laughs> I think, I think both of them did a fantastic job in Definitely. this match, but I think a lot of the credit goes to the NPCs. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. Just these sort of randomly occurring people who I think it's pretty clear were not actors. <laughs> Given their sort of attire, those people were not dressed like they knew they were going to be on TV. No. Just a pleasant surprise for everyone. Right, like the one sexy office lady that The Rock briefly tried to seduce. Mm -hmm. If you knew this was going to be a bit, you would hire an actress for that. That was clearly a lady who worked there. Yeah. I just love the idea of this world of pro wrestling insanity intruding upon people's real lives. <laughs> the fantasies just getting out there. Yeah, imagine you, imagine you worked at this arena. And then one day this happened. You would have to quit, right? It's never going to be that cool again. Yeah, you can't up that. <laughs> Your life's done at that point. <laughs> <laughs> because what do you even say? Like, on holidays, my office gets, gets everybody a plate of cookies. And you're like, one time in my office, uh, Mick Foley tried to kill the rock with a forklift. Yeah, going home to your wife and she's like, oh, what happened at work today, honey? And it's like, well... You'll never believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, best day ever. Oh, man, Nothing it's... like that happens when you're a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just have the wrong patience. Maybe. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, maybe I need to step up. Maybe. Oh, but that's so, that's so funny that you are my second repeat guest who is a, who's a therapist. Seems statistically really? unlikely. Maybe you, I don't know, there's something about wrestling and people fighting <laughs> in food that attracts them? There wasn't a lot of food in the other ones, but it could be, I don't know.
Okay, do... <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get over this for a while. <laughs> I'm, so glad, I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. I'm so glad that I was able to bestow this carefree Christmas gift upon you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're very welcome. <laughs> uh, do, do you have any Joy with me into 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Carry the joy into a room full of confused people. <laughs> oh, do you have any uh, other thoughts, Katie, about the match about The Rock or Mick Foley or? Um, I think I said this last time, but I'm gonna say it again. I really enjoy how The Rock flails. Yes. He's really good at like getting beaten up and his arms just start going and his face is working. It's beautiful. He's really good at it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the Rock is never afraid to make himself look dumb. Yeah. <laughs> He's never afraid to make himself look like the biggest dork on the planet. Yeah, I respect that. <laughs> yeah, he's always game. Always game to... Uh, sluice his way through a, a buffet of sauces. <laughs> oh, God bless him. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably the only world championship match in the history of pro wrestling to feature a Bernays sauce. <laughs> probably, but you never know. You never, And you never know what the future will hold. Jeez. I also really enjoyed um, that when um, Mankind pinned The Rock with the, um, the beer, that he just kind of, he like pins the beer by like flopping on top of it. Yes. He just kind of like lay on it. Yes. And I just, I really enjoyed the kind of, I don't know if it was a lack of effort or if he was just very tired and covered in Pepsi. <laughs> Can we pause for a second? Because when you said yeah. when you said beer, I thought you were saying BM. BM. <laughs> That's not what we want. No, and I had two. <laughs> I had two separate thoughts. First of which was, did I stroke out and miss the rock? Being defeated by a giant, a giant turd weighing him down. I don't know if that would have been better or worse. That was my first thought. And my second thought was that you were describing the forklift, and for some reason, forklifts in the UK are called BMs. We'll go with that. And then I was thinking, big mover? What could that stand for? See, my brain came up with beefy machine. So beefy machine. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> this match has done something to me. <laughs> God, beefy machines. Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck. What a... Well... And now I'm not gonna have to ask you. I'm not gonna have to ask you what your your wrestling character should be. 
because we should be a tag team called the Beefy Machines. Yes. And we could uh, just think of just think of all the uh, like the Chef Boyardee canned pasta endorsements. The BMs. The BMs. have to go ahead and probably move this back in time because yeah. I'm not going to come up with anything better than BM to end the show. That's fine. But this has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. I want to thank Katie, my guest. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. Uh, do you have Do you have anything you want to uh, You want to plug, Katie? I'm trying to be I'm trying to be a considerate host these days. Oh, thank you. Um, well, now I have to think of something. I do have a website. You can see various writing and shenanigans <clears throat> at iamkatielee.com. Beautiful. That's about all I've got going for me. Okay. <laughs> I want to thank my friend Corinne Dodenhoff for designing my logo. I want to thank uh, the Novas for the use of my theme song, Da Crusher. I want to remind you, dear listener, to like, rate, review, and subscribe on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Visit my official website at ihwpod.com. Uh... Follow me on Instagram at I Hate Wrestling and on Twitter at IHWPod. And I want you to visit the shop at the website and buy t-shirts, mugs, caps, ties, bandanas for fat dogs. And I want everybody out there to have a very, very careful, carefree Christmas. Have a carefree Christmas, everyone. Do it. Have a carefree Christmas or face the wrath of the beefy machines. <laughs> Magical. Don't think I'm gonna manage it. <laughs> it's can I tell you, Katie? Can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you a secret real quick? It's a podcast. That's true. No one can hear how aesthetically pleasing you're making your makeshift recording that is true. studio. <laughs>